Blog Talk Radio. MMA edition, a lot to talk about, a lot to talk about live. Usually from the studios live in Linden, New Jersey, but today I'm at work at a conference in Orlando, Florida. Orlando, Florida, home of NXT. Maybe I should go to the tracks. Maybe I should take bumps. Who knows? Maybe I should go to full sale. But we'll see. But Today's not about wrestling. Today, tonight is about UFC 203 in the book. Sold out over 18,000 people in Cleveland, Ohio. At the, I was I was going to say the Gund Arena, not anymore. Quicken Loans Arena, and we had a, a lot happen. I'll recap the the main card. So Jessica Andrade beats Joanna Calderwood in round one, which you know in 23 seconds. A guillotine choke, and I and I saw it. I, I told my wife, you know, Kyla was countering this and that. The moment she stuck out her head, and then she had it locked. This is, you know, just something about jujitsu when when you know that that it, that it, that hey, when you once you know that that rear naked is locked in, it's over. Or, or once you know that that armbar is in, it's over. It's it. There's some there's things you could do to prevent to get to that point, or there's things you could do to delay the inevitable. But at the same time, once once you're locked, locked and loaded. It's very difficult to counter. Yeah, you could tripod. You, you could do, you know, things with the arm here and there. Um, you could just basically uh, tuck in your chin. You know, I'm kind of describing it through a mirror, but it's real difficult because it's not a video podcast. But nevertheless, Jessica Andrade did a great thing, moved down in weight, and and, and I, I agree with a lot of what I hear on the internet as far as the forums and stuff. You have two divisions. You have a 135-pound division, which is like hot potatoes, changing women's bantamweight champions ever since Ronda left. You know, in one calendar year, you had Holly Holm, you had Misha Tate, and now you have uh, Amanda La Leona Nunez. On the 115 side, after Carlos Sparza became the inaugural 115-pound strawweight champion, then Joanna Calderwood has dominated that division since. You know, she, she was losing a fight to Gadelha, but a champion fights well in championship rounds, and she did well those last three rounds against Claudia Gadelha. Carolina looks impressive. Would you want to do an all-Poland matchup in New York? Would you want to do it overseas? Besides that, you know, she fought Gadelha already. You know, she could fight the Polish girl, uh, Carolina. She's fought some of the other people, and it's not really a tra- – you know, what, Rosa Mahunas? I don't think she deserves it at this point. Carla Esparza? I don't know. Paige Van Sant, she doesn't deserve a shot at the championship. Maybe, maybe there should be another division. Uh, maybe I don't know about 145. 
because uh, then Cyborg will love will never ever cut down. Can you see a flyweight division? I I, I don't know. I I think it's it'll I think it'll only benefit and it's best for MMA business for another a third women's division. We're at a point at a lot of diversity. We we have over we have as a society been able to accept so much and have evolved so much as a society. You know. I don't. I don't want to get into politics. You know. You know. With the. You know. We have now females more involved in sports. Females involved in the workforce. Uh, more diversity for the most part. Um, and at this point, hey, why not have a third division? Why not have a third? Now the question is: Do you do a flyweight division or do you do a featherweight division? The, the featherweight division is not too deep. Besides what Marlo Coinan, Marlos Coinan. I don't even know how to pronounce it. And Chris Cyborg, who else is a dominant featherweight? I don't know. I don't know. If I was, if you was to gun to the head right now, guns pistola para cabeza right now. If you was to ask me, hey, pick A or B, featherweight or flyweight, I'd probably go flyweight. At least it's it's easy to cut 135 to 125, easy to jump up 115 and 125. It's just the even number. As opposed to you know jumping up from 115 to 145, that's a drastic 30 pound increase. So, if gun to the head, I probably would say the flyweight division. But we'll see what happens in the future. We'll see what happens with the evolution of mixed martial arts, which has been up to this point great, great. Even discussions of it in the Olympics at some point. I don't want that's another discussion for another day. But hey, nevertheless, back to what I was saying. Jessica Andrade with the uh, guillotine choke for the win. A fight I was. The next fight I was very disappointed with is Uriah Faber, former WEC champion, the California kid, has his own gym in California, doesn't need to fight. He has fighters, fighters, fighters. He squares up against Jimmy Rivera. Jimmy Rivera, who idolized Faber, you know, growing up, and he beats him via decision. No knockdowns from these guys. The strikes. Amazing, 23 out of 113 versus 55 over 162. Significant strikes, uh, 33% versus 19%. No takedowns. But what I kept seeing was all the time looked like it really caught up to Uriah Faber. And Jimmy Rivera kept getting kick and shot after shot after shot after shot after shot after shot after shot. After shot, after shot, after shot. And it, he, he looked like a shell of himself. You know, there's, you know, Dan Henderson sometimes, he looks. He looked like Father Time had caught up to him. But there's other times that the H bomb comes and boom, and once again he's back in the race. That's why he's get, he's facing Michael Bisping next month at UFC 204 Columbus Day weekend. If he wins, we'll see what happens. If he loses, does he deserve a title shot? I don't know. He's in the what four or five contender. But right now, do you give it to Rocco? No, no. I mean, do you do a rematch immediately? No, besides, the guy's at the end, of the end of his career, Hall of Famer out the gate, deserves the opportunity right then and there. Deserves the opportunity no matter what. Deserves the respect, the respect, at least for an opportunity at a title shot against Michael Bisping. Michael Bisping was at the right place, right time. Weidman goes down. He steps in, less than two weeks' notice. Luke Rockhold's cocky. Maybe because he's going out with Katy Perry or whoever, whatever celebrity these days, and he took advantage of the situation. Took total advantage of the situation. Jimmy Rivera comes out with the decision, and now 
the moment you've all been waiting for, what the Internet has been buzzing about over the past 24 hours. Phil Brooks, a.k.a. CM Punk, debuted in mixed martial arts. One thing I hate about casual fans is, oh, well, he, he UFC'd, he UFC'd, or she UFC'd, or I want a UFC. UFC, let me get this straight, right here and right here is the top mixed martial arts organization in the world. It's the organization. Mixed martial arts is the sport. It's a sport that combines wrestling, boxing, judo, muay thai, jiu-jitsu, all together, and the better fighters are able to, to fight a complete package of a fighter and under, at least, you don't have to be a black belt in every discipline, but at least understand all the, the disciplines of mixed martial arts and use it to your strength, use it to your advantages, and that's how you become champion. You don't UFC. You get in the cage or the octagon or the ring to perform mixed martial arts. Very huge pet peeve of mine. Hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it. Hate when people say, oh, he's at a UFC. Oh, she's at a UFC. UFC is the organization. Mixed martial arts is the sport. Now, this guy walked away a lot of money, left a lot of money on the table with World Wrestling Entertainment. Now, he was upset at creative. Health-wise, he wasn't doing well, and he walked out. I think a little bit the day after Royal Rumble 2014, that's January 2014. Then, silent most of 2014, and then it was announced in December 2014 that he was going to debut in the UFC. That delay, that his debut kept delaying, delaying, delaying. That that show on the internet, my fight, your fight, whatever the Dana White show, they found Mickey Gall, and then he eventually called out CM Punk, and he fought Michael Johnson or Mike. Oh no, Mike Jackson, excuse me. And at that point, he won that fight. It was a very short fight, and he wound up getting the rights to fight CM Punk. Now, regardless of whether it's CM Punk or whether it's anybody else, Mickey Gall, he's a, he is a young, up and coming, three wins, zero losses, enthusiastic, energetic. His swear jar is almost full. He cursed a lot last night. I don't want to say unprofessional. You don't have to, you know, use all, all that cussing, all that cussing, so to speak. But hey, everyone knows who he is right now. He will forever be cemented as the guy that went in the octagon, September tenth, two thousand and sixteen, and dominated, dominated about against CM Punk. I wouldn't expect anything less. The only, the only thing is, I expected at least. This fight to be a little bit longer, and CM Punk to show me a little bit more in the striking. Looks like he blitzed. He made the same mistake, similar mistake that uh, Kat Zingano made against Ronda Rousey. You know, instead of Kat, you know being patient like Holly Holm did against Ronda Rousey, Kat Zingano decided to blitz. She made a mistake with the blitz. Next thing you know, Ronda Rousey has a on unorthodox armbar, and then she taps out, one, two, three, it's over. Same thing can be said here. I believe their Rupert Sport, I believe what they saw, or whatever film there was, Fighting Tomatoes, as CM Punk would say, was he, he would always lean back. So I, I suppose they wanted to blitz him and, and have him against the cage so that CM Punk could work 
dirty, uh, dirty boxing on him. But it, it didn't work. It didn't work. He, he's a younger, hungrier, more well-rounded mixed martial artist against a 37-year-old ex-professional wrestler who, who when, when and this is, this is fact. I'm not even saying this is my opinion, who, when, who was approached when asked uh, any question about pro wrestling, you know, shoots it down, calls it fake, this and that. So, for those of you who are CM Punk haters, congratulations. You got what you want. And those who are CM Punk supporters, uh, unfortunately, the the outcome was not what you wanted. But at least one thing is for sure. Yes, the name got him this spot because anybody else would have had, had to gone through the tough house or go to Bellator or, or go to Legacy or go to any other organization first before coming into the UFC. Yeah, his name, yeah. He, he, he bought butts to the seats, bought butts to the pay-per-view, uh, to the pay-per-view buys. Why? Because of his fame as a former WWE superstar. Now, big difference between Brock Lesnar and CM Punk, regardless of steroids or not. Brock Lesnar, regardless, even before he stepped foot in a world wrestling entertainment ring, he was already a decorated NCAA amateur wrestler. CM Punk had no background, has done no amateur tournaments in jiu-jitsu, Kempo in his background. Nothing, 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 nothing. Cole of the street. Two-year journey for CM Punk. Delay after delay, had back surgery, and finally he stepped foot in the octagon last night. Fire relief on his part. Of course, of course. You know, injury after injury, and finally he stepped foot in the octagon. And, hey, he has the balls to get into the octagon, something that a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't have – they say they want to do MMA, or as my pet peeve when people say, they UFC, which I can't – I hate it. I want to punch everybody that says that. MMA is the sport. UFC is the organization. But, hey – he could fight to see another day. There's rumors that Dana White say, hey, he may fight in MMA, but he's, he's not gonna, his next fight may not be in the UFC. He could be cut. So now the question is, where does CM Punk go from here? Obviously, he may have, according to the a State Athletic Commission, be medically suspended, so his next fight won't be for another few months. Anyway, do you is he a cash cow? Can he once again bring in casual viewers? Absolutely. I think he's a cash cow. I think, I, I, for me, if I was in his position, I would go for it one more time. I'll go for it one more time. And, and, basically, and look at the film and look at the mistakes that I made so that I could rectify those mistakes and hopefully the next time around be a better individual. Now, a lot of people say, well, Lesnar lost his first fight. Yeah, he lost his first fight in the UFC. Prior to that, he debuted in a professional mixed martial arts fight in the country of Japan a lot of people don't realize that, but it is true. Yes, it is true. Now, with, with that being said, without, about CM Punk, he should definitely go for it again. Does he have to be on the main card of a pay-per-view? No. Maybe he could do something on Fox Sports 1, maybe even on, on Fox, where there's very low risk, high reward as far as, advertise, as far as having ratings. Why not? Why not? Or if you want to put him to the ringer and make him go to the tough house, that's ratings right there. I'm pretty sure the tough reality show featuring CM Punk will be higher than some of the shows on television throughout the week. 
There's a lot of different things. It, should you cut the cord with CM Punk? Should you cut him loose? Uh, I don't think so. I, th- I think he brings a lot of value to the UFC in particular at the present time. So would I cut him? No. Do I give him a high-profile fight? Coco main event? No. 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 Definitely, you know, Fox, definitely uh, national television on Fox or Fox Sports 1. I, I would have given him a pay-per-view fight or even I put him through the ringer and put him through the house. Why not? That's what I would do. CM Punk, kudos for you to step foot, stepping foot in the octagon. Now, where do you go from here? There's rumors he may go back to wrestling, or not rumors, but there people say he may go back to wrestling. He may just retire. No, I mean he's 37. He's not 97. So, so he has a lot of options. Thank goodness he has money saved. He may he'll make money and will continue to make money off this one fight against Mickey Gall. So we'll see what happens. I think he should have hang it up. I think he should continue to pursue the dream. Now, what, does that dream continue to continue in the UFC? That is the million dollar question. I'll leave that to, for you guys to ponder. Now, let's talk about Fabrizio Verdum against Travis Brown. One of the weirdest heavyweight fights I've ever seen in my life. Verdum looked good in round one, and then he, he got very conservative against Travis Brown. Travis Brown did this schoolyard timeout. Yo, 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 yo. He dislocated his his um, his finger, so to speak. And I think he even poked severely Verdum at some point at that point or at some point during the fight as well. So for whatever reason, yeah, Verdum won the bout. He had a dominant round one. For whatever reason, just took the pedal off the gas and just fought a conservative fight. Then Travis Brown, he was injured. He was. He was in survival mode ever since the dislocated finger in round one. Now, he has not impressed me not one bit. Not sure if it's Edmund. Not sure if it's dating Ronda Rousey. Not sure what his deal with. Has not impressed me one bit. He looked terrible against Cain Velasquez. He didn't look too good in this, against this fight against Fabrizio Verdum. Did he have a complete camp? I'm not sure about that because what I saw, the original advertising was Big Ben up against Verdum. I'm pretty sure he stepped in at the last second. But was it too much of a last second? I don't know. But he has not impressed me not one bit. Cain Velasquez is a clear guy right now that deserves the opportunity at the heavyweight championship against Stipe. That'll be, that's an excellent matchup. Stipe has powerful hands. Escaped. 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 Alistair Overeem survived his punch. Alistair Overeem was one of the one of the most decorated fighters, heavyweight fighters in the history of the sport, was able to do his thing in pride, able to do his thing in K1. He, it was just one championship that was that that would have locked up his legacy, and that was that UFC heavyweight championship. And, hey, he made up something regarding he had thought he'd tap. He didn't tap. He didn't tap. He was trying to counter the guillotine choke, which he did, which – he survived, and then at that point, he eventually TKO yo ass. That's what happened right there. <laughs> That's what happened right there. So, and then after the fight, I don't understand what happened between Verdum and Edmund, um, the trainer for Travis Brown. It was the most odd situation. Why would you low kick? Why would you like sweep kick or or inside kick Edmund? I don't care what he did. He's a, he's a coach. He's a coach, man. He's a coach. You don't do that. You don't do that at all. Only in the, only in the UFC. So now what happens from here? 
Joe Silver shoes. What do you do next? I just mentioned it. Cain Velasquez dominated Travis Brown. You know, he would have had his title shot against Purdue, but injuries, you know, held him back. But there's one clear-cut number one contender right now, and his, la- his name is Cain Velasquez. Verdum, for a guy who was bidding at, a, at an opportunity at a return bout for the heavyweight championship, did not convince me and did not convince matchmakers, did not convince management last night with that lazy performance last night. Now, where does Travis Brown go from here? He's really going to dip down, and it's going to be difficult for him to come back up. You know, UFC is real quick on cutting people after two or three fight, you know, losing streaks or four or five losing streaks. He's on the bubble. He's on the bubble, maybe because he dates Rousey, he may have a leg up, but he's on the bubble right now. So we'll see what happens with him in the future. But you know, just unfortunate that he had to, you know, he had to dislocate his finger in that fight. So that is that. And then the main event I kind of already broke down, and that's what's going to happen next. So coming up, you have a couple of fights in a couple of weeks, ladies and gentlemen. Hold on a second. Yeah, so you have Dustin Poirier against Mike Johnson. That's a great fight. And, of course, you have Chris Cyborg, Landsborg, in Brazil, the 24th. And then UFC and FS1, Lineker, Dodson. And, of course, you have Bisping against Hendo on pay-per-view. All right, so we're going to cut it here. We're here at the 22-minute mark. Hope you enjoyed my little breakdown, my little discussion regarding the main fights here in the UFC uh, next week. I'll have my regular episode on iTunes, and I'll make, I'll see when in a couple of weeks I'll have a guest on the show. We have about a few minutes to spare. I'm not going to really stretch the show or just bore you with what's coming up because you could read on UFC.com what's coming up. But the interesting thing, to say the least, over two million at the gate, eighteen thousand at the Cleveland Gold Arena at the I'm sorry, Quicken Loans Arena. I think they're going to go back. I think Steve should fight there all the time. So that's going to be an interesting fight for the heavyweight championship of the world, Stipe against Kane. Now, is it too too quick to happen at 205? I think so. I think it's a little bit too quick because literally you have to start camp tomorrow, November 12th, UFC 205, and it looks like Robbie Lawler will pull out against Cowboy Cerrone, but Cerrone still wants to fight anybody. So we'll see what happens at UFC 205. It has no main event. Tickets go on sale soon, so hopefully I know I'll be there. There's no doubt about it. Will I be there as media? No, I'll probably be there as a fan with my wife. You know, I, I do get invited to a lot of these events locally. I, I, you know, sometimes I choose not to attend. Eventually I'll start going. A lot of it has to do with my day job, personal life. But, you know, I'm going to attend as a fan because I love the sport, young sport, young sport over not even 25 years, UFC born in 1993. So, interesting, and I'm happy to see the evolution of the sport from where it was at with no rules and, and eye gouging and, and kicking to the balls and all that to being in weight classes and having mega fights. Gracie Hughes, Punk Gall, Brock Lesnar, you know, I'm, I'm very happy, you know, having women in in the sport, having two divisions, two female divisions, and maybe discussion the rumors or lobbying at least of a third, the whole thing with Sheldon Silver and, and the state of New York, him trying to hold back the state. You know, the MMA has gone through a lot. And now from what I'm reading, I read a couple of weeks ago during the Olympics that MMA 
we're looking to legalize MMA, uh, approve MMA in the Olympics. Would it do anything? Yes and no. It'll legitimize it as, hey, we're on the map. We're here for a long time, and and we're a legitimate sport. I believe they're gonna. It would cut it down to three rounds, three minute rounds, and you would have shin guards, and and there's a couple of other modifications. But but with that being said, I I believe the gloves different sizes as well. So you never know. We'll see what happens. To me, I always think, although the Olympics has lost, to me. Like Mike Frances and a lot of people say it's lost its luster as far as being a prestige event. For whatever reason, a lot of people see it more as a commercial, something that's commercial. It's all about Coke, all about McDonald's, pumping money into all this, and it's all about the marketing. And and three weeks or four weeks of of unlimited coverage of stuff. So we'll see what happens. All right, with that being said, it's been a pleasure. We're here at the 25-minute mark. Hey, tell your friends, tell your friends about Choked Out Radio and Choked Out Radio Live. All right, take care, and we'll see you about the tracks. Mm-hmm.